HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Bordeaux Wines. Red, white, rosé, there's a reasonably priced wine for everyone and for every occasion. For more information, visit bordeaux.com US. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. This is the show coming to you the day after Election Day here in America. And uh, I know that at least around Brooklyn today, I haven't seen too many happy faces. Uh, It's been... uh, uh, I know I'm personally pretty gutted and devastated about what happened yesterday. Um, But hopefully we can talk about some beautiful, delicious wine. We have a great guest today, and hopefully that that will uh, will liven our day up. Uh, I'm really excited about the guest today. I want to thank um, Wines of Bordeaux for helping to organize this. Um, our guest uh, came in to the States for the Raw Wine Fair, um, and his name is Terry Vallette of Clos Puy-Arnaud. Um, he's here in the studio with us. These, are, these wines are absolutely beautiful. They're biodynamic wines made in Bordeaux. And they're really the wines that uh, opened my eyes up to true artisan handmade wines from uh, from Bordeaux. We poured them at at my wine bar in Fora. Uh, Thierry, welcome to uh, In the Drink. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sorry that you have to be here the day after when, when so many people are sad here in Brooklyn today, but um, you have a big smile. Your wines are absolutely delicious, and I'm, I'm excited to have you uh, to have you on the show. Yeah, yeah, we we also not not in the best shape uh, we could be, and uh, well, but that's the way, and in a way, uh, we are there uh, in this day. And maybe uh, I already have a phone call with friends uh, this morning, mm-hmm. and the good thing is maybe I can explain a little bit more than uh, what's what's going on here, and uh, maybe being there, I I understand the shock better, and I have some explanation. And uh, I also know know that uh, no more than 25% of American people have really voted for the next president. So uh, 75% of Americans are still uh, waiting what's going on. And uh, 
the, their point of view is very important. And uh, the next one is not going to do exactly what he was talking about mm -hmm. for years. Now he has to he has to to be in the job, and I hope it is going it's going to make that he would have to change radically about what he was talking about. Yeah, if I, he's serious, I I agree. I think that uh, a lot of people realize that he's not able to do the things that he uh, that he promised. Uh, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. It's not a politics show, uh, but I appreciate. I really do appreciate you weighing in on that. Um, but I would love to talk about Puyarno, Claude Puyarno, um, your, your winery. Can you uh, tell us how you started the, the winery in, uh, I believe, the year 2000 um, and your philosophy from the beginning? Uh, even uh, if uh, I didn't start the, the winery because it's a winery that, mm. existing, uh, that is existing since uh, the, the 19th century. It was created in around uh, 1850. And it's just next to Saint-Emilion. It's, it's in the strict continuation of the best plateau uh, of limestones of Saint-Emilion. And as my family has been ruling Chateau Pavie, first grow of Saint-Emilion during 50 years, had the unique chance to find this place two years after. And uh, I, was, I was studying a lot the small cars of the region. And my obsession was to find a good terroir because... When you leave a place like Pavie, uh, it's really it's really difficult not not to have a, a good piano to play the music. So, uh, and uh, in fact, uh, Puyarno is uh, seven kilometers east of Pavie. We have fantastic limestone stuff, and uh, and for me, it was a great opportunity and a great challenge. And the area that you're in is called Castillon Cote de Bordeaux. Mm. Yeah. How is that different um, in the Soiler exposition from Santa Million? I don't think many people are as familiar with, with that area. In fact, uh, in the 19th century, it was the same region. Mm -hmm. The wine produced uh, uh, in my village uh, uh, around Clopiano uh, get the, the, the opportunity to put the Santa Million label in the 19th century and up to the beginning of 20s. Then after, when the Cru Bourgeois du Médoc were created, the, the, the Medocan people uh, reorganize the stuff and make that, uh, with a series of events, it makes that uh, Saint-Emilion decided to reduce his, his zone. But it's the same region, it's the same limestone, same cepage. The only, the, the only real difference is exposure. I mean, Saint-Emilion has a south slope and a north slope and a big plateau with huge huge surfaces of plateau. Other than Castillon, the plateau are smaller, and the exposure is more east-west, and you have very few exposure to south. And it was a handicap uh, up to the next 15 years. But with the heating climate, I would say that uh, more and more in Bordeaux, the fresh terroir are, go are going to be the best one. That's the reason why, even in Medoc, you now have... the. It's my opinion. Huh? Maybe uh, some people are not uh, agree, didn't agree with that. But for me, the, the best terroir now in Medoc are Saint Estèphe, uh, Saint Julien, and uh, and more than uh, the gravel stuff that are suffering a lot from uh, from hot. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, shortly after you purchased the the vineyard, you started to convert it to organics. Would do you think maybe in any way it is easier to do it in Castillon than in Saint Emilion? Uh, uh, to be an organic or biodynamic approach, yes, it's easier in the sense that uh, you don't have the pressure of uh, 
of uh, very well-known winemakers and uh, a lot of investors that bought properties and they don't really know about wine, so they have to 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 make that the technical staff is under the, the control of a of a winemaker and uh, but in terms of climate and uh, it's the same it's the same problem and there is a story that uh, practicing organic approach in bordeaux is not possible and it's really it's really just it makes me laughing uh, because uh, the people that are saying that they don't know anything about organic so they they talk about something they don't know. A lot of people are doing it in our society, and especially in the elites. But uh, it's uh, it's a big problem. So uh, it's it's tricky in the sense that it's more difficult to get your fruit in an organic approach. You need more work, mm -hmm. but mostly you need you need more knowledge and you need more presence. So you have to be. Uh, the, 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 you have to have a team or yourself to be able to, to, to take the decision. But anyway, as a citizen, as a how to say, uh, as a citizen of the world, there's no other way. So uh, even if it's more difficult or economically more risky, it's the only way because the pressure of the the situation uh, around the world for the consumer makes that we have to go to another kind of agriculture. So, uh, uh. And then at some point after you uh, were practicing organic viticulture for some years, you made a switch to uh, biodynamics. Can you explain what the switch was like and what uh, inspired you to, to make that change? Well, you know, it's like when you build a house, uh, the foundation, you should start with... Uh, with, I would say, a peasant approach, uh, uh, quite a traditional approach. And then you have to put the first level organic. And uh, very quickly, when you, when, you, when you get into organic, organic is really good because you take off herbicides, pesticides, but you don't solve the problem that uh, you have to, to solve when you try to practice in, to produce fine wines, is to get... Uh, power to the expression of the vine. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, to get that the vine is in balance between its roots and the influence that she, she received from the sun, the planets, and the cosmos. So, uh, and uh, biodynamic gives you really precise tools to do that. And it's a kind of mix of homeopathy, phytotherapy. Um, what else uh, in a way it's a kind of oriental approach because you, you can push on a yin aspect on a yang aspect you have the products for that and uh, it, it makes that you, you have your organic uh, engine and you have very interesting and, and, and tools to, to get into more details and how, how can you explain that bring out that idea a little bit better because even I'm having a little bit of a hard time understanding it and I, I love uh, biodynamic viticulture what do you mean the tools are the, the preparations that are being that are being added the exactly. biodynamic the, preparations the, the, the three main preparations that we have one is boost the corn uh, coming from the coal the other is silice coming from quartz and then we have a kind of a micro compost called mayatun, which is a concentrated compost that can uh, burst uh, mm -hmm. the, the activity of m microbiology uh, of the soil. 
And uh, I would say that the Compost de Bouze is something related to moon, related to, to the, the feminine aspect, to the earth, uh, to humidity, to ground. And uh, the Silis is something, uh, the quartz is, is towards uh, uh, optimize the photosynthesis mm -hmm. of, the, of the leaves and to, to make that uh, all the leaves starts to be the best uh, panel solaire, how you say that? Uh, solar panels. Solar panels. And, uh, and so you can, you can work on the two aspects, develop deeper the, the roots, and then when the roots are really well developed, you can, you can turn into, uh, it could be spirituality for, uh, for a human being, for instance, but for, for a plant, it's just to be open to the influence of the, of the cosmos. Mm -hmm. And have, have you noticed a big change in the soil, in the air, uh, more microbiological life, more birds and bees, all the things that, that you, we assume that would happen in... in the air, I can't, I, I can't, I can't answer because I'm, I, I don't have the tools to make all the analyses, but on the ground is phenomenal. The mm -hmm. color of the land is, has been changing in four or five years from, I would say, uh, blue, blue-green, and then little by little to brown and then to orange and deeper orange. The, the vine is much more uh, uh, strong. If you knock at the, uh, at the wood, you, 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 you have the feeling that it's, it's stronger. You have a better sound, mm. better note. Uh, the leaves are much more better in relationship with, uh, with, uh, with the sky, more open to, to the sun. Plenty of chemical uh, uh, leaves are like down, like a poop, like you know uh, the the ears of the of the the comics, uh, the uh, the chiens, the, the dogs in the comics. Oh. <laughs> you have leaves open. Uh, uh, the biodiversity in terms of uh, what kind of uh, plants are just growing. Uh, birds, so many birds. We have been passing from uh, a silent winery to uh, to a place where everybody is singing and it's true i mean there's so many birds now that are singing in this place and uh, and the quality of the fruit also yeah. i mean and it's also a feeling that you have a kind of vibration that you have when when you travel through the vineyard and then when you get to the aspect of the wine uh, the, tra the traduction, the more spectacular one, is the pH of the wine, which is the, the balance between base and acid. And uh, now we have really low pH that allows us to uh, divide it by three, the doses of, of total sulfates in standards. And it makes that the wine is stronger, the, the wine needs less protection, uh, you have more uh, salinity, mm -hmm. more, uh, more acidity, the color is better. Everything is better. Needs so. less protection from added sulfur. Is yeah, yeah it's, it's three times less. Uh, we can now we can bottle a, yeah. a wine aged one year in barrel and and six months or one year in in, in vat with thirty ppm of total sulfites. Fifteen years ago, for me, it was just not possible. When when people were talking to me about that, I would say, "Yes, you're just completely crazy. The wine are going to be completely dead." 
And now, the 2001, it's the case. You have a pH of, uh, I don't know if the pH is there. I think it's 3.15, and it's 35 ppm total sulfate. So it, it's not of a nature. That's another subject. We can talk about it because uh, the raw fair is around this, this stuff, and I, I have some, some things to say about it. But uh, it's really low. It means that uh, with the exception of people that are really uh, totally intolerant to sulfate, everyone can drink a wine with 30 ppm. Uh, it's nothing. It's just uh, micro yeah. doses. Yeah, and uh, I do want to talk about raw fare, but after we get back from a break. But before we before we go, you mentioned that in the vineyards, the birds are singing, everyone's singing. You're doing some singing as well. Yes, and uh, it's but it's uh, it's a coincidence that uh, in fact I'm a I'm also a jazz singer. I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, of jazz, and I had the the chance for me it was an honor to be invited by a friend two days ago. To listen to Chicoera at the Blue Note, I never, I never get to the Blue Note. I intended to go to the Villeneuve Vanguard also, but I didn't get the time. And uh, for me, it's really precious uh, among uh, the, the pleasure I had also to to be at the Rofer. Okay, and we actually have a clip of a CD of your from your first CD, um, which yes, was released. My first, my first try in uh, in jazz uh, in jazz expression vocal. It's in French, I think, but it's a blues. It's oh. a blues in F. All right, we're going to take a, a little break, and uh, we'll go to the break with a little bit of Terry Vallette's uh, jazz music. Thanks. <laughs> Avec un peu de beurre salé, ça sera vraiment le paradis Quand sous la dent il croque, là le diable m'emporte Oui mon ami, je peux te dire que là le désir est total Je sais, y a rien de plus banal Mais quand je ne pas, mes sens s'enflamment Et là, comme mon mentir, je m'évanouis dans le plaisir Et passe-moi les radis, Marcel Avec un peu de beurre salé, ça sera vraiment le paradis Quand sous la dent il croque, là le diable m'emporte Oui mon ami, je peux te dire que là le désir est total Je sais, y'a rien de plus banal Quand je repars, mais sans s'enflamme Mais là, comme pour mentir, je m'évanouis dans le plaisir Bordeaux is one of the most reputable and well-known wine regions in the world While many are familiar with its legendary first growths There is so much more to discover Bordeaux offers a dynamic and diverse range of wines Different styles, different colors, and different price points. Did you know that Bordeaux produces crisp, refreshing whites? Or that many of its outstanding reds can be opened now and don't need years aging? Or that it's really easy to find a great bottle of Bordeaux for under $20? With such a diverse offering, Bordeaux wines can pair with a huge mix of contemporary foods and cuisines. Bordeaux wines. Red, white, rosé. There's a wine for everyone. For more information, visit bordeaux.com slash US. All right, we're back with Terry Vallette of Clopuy Arnaud uh, in Bordeaux. Um, and, you know, I was at the Raw Wine Fair a couple of days ago where, where I, I saw you. And even though I... Not only do I love Bordeaux wines, but I, I keep finding myself being surprised and impressed as to how many small artisan 
producers there are of uh, Bordeaux wines like you. There were four. There were four different growers at the raw wine fair, and uh, I think that if you have any sort of stereotype about you know about what Bordeaux is, about it only being the expensive, very expensive wines, that would be a, a really good uh, a good example of no, like these wines are not extremely expensive. They're wines that are made by real farmers. Um, like you know, like yourself, uh, and so that was really exciting and eye-opening for me. But how was the the raw wine fair for you? How long have you been involved in in this tasting as well? In fact, the raw fair is a uh, well. It's really a, a natural fair, a fair for natural wine with mm-hmm. with low sulfate or no sulfate at all. Uh, it's a place where I say I'm a conservator, conservative guy in a way. It's not. Uh, uh, but I like to, to be there, and also since I get into biodynamics, uh, which is 10 years ago, I used to belong to groups like Renaissance des Appellations, or I, I'm also in the director committee of a small French label uh, of certification of biodynamic wines, Biodivin, which is uh, uh, ruled by famous people like uh, Olivier Zinumbrecht. Uh, mm-hmm. We had the... Uh, uh, Mrs. Leflev that that died uh, last year. We we had we have the honor to to get uh, the Romani Conti this year in the group. So and there are plenty of fantastic uh, wine growers in that group. So I had the chance to to meet uh, really great winemakers from all around Europe, I would say. And the result was my culture of wine. Uh, was much more wider and uh, I just discovered plenty of, uh, of new wine, fantastic wine and it, give, it pushed me a little bit more to be more creative in my own property and also it, it helped me a lot because I, I had a lot of uh, encouragement by very famous people saying Thierry you're doing great wine and you don't, you don't mind if you're classified gross or whatever, we don't care about it you are in this group and you are like us. And for me, it was a fantastic help. Yeah. And you know what I, I love about your wines, as well as Zinumbrecht and Domaine de la Romani Conti, is that they are biodynamic wines, and maybe people would put them in the category of them being natural wines, but they're, they're not funky in any sort of way. They're elegant, they're beautiful, they're pure wines, and the fruit is vibrant, um, and I think sometimes those wines, natural wines, get, get a bad rap because some people, when they first get into it, maybe they, they make wines that are faulty in some sort of way. But yours are, yours are not. They're just, just such pu- beautiful, pure wines. Um, and, and that's not a question. That's just a compliment. <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, is that the style that, that uh, you're, you're going for? I know you make – we can talk about the, the individual wines as well. You have the, the Cuvée Bistro. Um, which is so reminiscent of a good like Cru Beaujolais to me, um, uh, and that that really to me like embodies that there's like a pure, delicious, elegant wine. Uh, that the, the the idea of Cuvée Bistro was really uh, how to do something uh, completely different. Of a, is it possible to do a fruity wine with a completely different style that we are doing in Bordeaux? Uh, it was the purpose. It was for fun. Uh, it was also a challenge, and it was also an idea uh, in order to to say to the the customer, "Oh, you don't like Bordeaux? You're in Bordeaux bashing. Let's try that. Try that. It's uh, it's another kind of wine." And then the people 
uh, doing that, mm-hmm. and it's just like, wow, uh, what's what's the what's the that stuff? And I said, so now you want to to taste the other wines? Okay, I try. It's a way of changing their mind because uh, they were they were very against. But um, uh, and uh, little by little, I really uh, enjoyed to do this kind of wine. And which is funny is uh, this kind of entry wine in the in the in gamme, comme on dit? In a range, are the more difficult. Uh, to, to do, in fact, because it's really difficult to to do a very interesting wine in entry range, and and it's 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 really a, a, a big help for the grand vin also, because you're learning a lot of stuff uh, doing this, and afterwards you can uh, you can do better grand vin. Mm-hmm. And is it a selection of your younger vines, or how do you decide what goes into? Bistro, the way we choose uh, the juice is is a little bit funky. It's, uh, it's the last moment with uh, the feeling we can take two hectoliters from from this vat and plus one hectoliter of that, or it depends. Uh, but mainly, it's uh, either young vines, either new new plots that we we get and that they didn't get the the label completely. We are in conversion. Mm-hmm. And so we, we do the bistro with that because the problem when you have labels in organic or biodynamic, it's very difficult to, to grow. When you have a new land, you have to, you have, to have a solution to, to produce uh, wine with, uh, with, with these uh, plots. Right. And, uh, and how does uh, that differ from your idea behind the philosophy behind the Grand Vaughn? Um, is, it, is the Grand Vaughn similar to maybe what was done at Pavi or... Um, is uh, it for the Grand Vin, my, my, my idea was always to uh, try to, to be in the tradition. I wanted to be in the tradition, but in a modern tradition, and in a way to go back to the idea of the, the best Saint-Emilion for me were produced in 50s, 60s, 70s. And at this moment, uh, Saint-Emilion was called the Burgundy of Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. And uh, Burgundy of Bordeaux, mm-hmm. uh, that's, it's, it's something, huh? And the style of the wine were really balanced, fresh. This kind of wine, uh, you can now have Chateau Pavie of 25 years of bottle. It's just delicious. But it's not a blockbuster. They don't get 90 point, 94 point or 98 point, never. But when you drink that with a meal, it's just perfect. It's delicious. And Bordeaux 20 years ago, the main quality was digestibility and balance. That's, that's what has made the huge reputation of Bordeaux wine. And since the 30 years, to please uh, uh, American critics, uh, the style has been evolving to really blockbuster, heavy wine. Yes, we can do West California even better, blah, 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 blah. And I think now the problem is to go back to the roots with all the modernity that we have, with a clean agriculture, organic at least, or integrated, I don't know how they call that, uh, reasonable or whatever. Uh, the more reasonable they could be would be the best. Organic, on my point of view, is the minimum. And then biodynamic, but also use new new technology like uh, uh, geobiology or bio, mm-hmm. bioenergetic, whatever. 
there's so many new things to do quantic quantic approach also everything is uh, is 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 joining to the point of a new new relationship to what is life what is and uh, and for the style we have really to go back to uh, to a fresh lively wines but modern so big fruit uh, very pure we You can put some density in the Grand Vin because people are waiting that a Bordeaux is, uh, is, a, is a wine with a good structure and tannins, but very light, and, uh, and, it's, and it's possible. And, and then I, I think... Uh, and the right bank has a, a big challenge with that because with a mix of Merlot and Cabernet Franc, I think it's really easier to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and is it possible, do you think, to make wine uh, in this modern tradition that you're talking about with low sulfur that's very age-worthy as well? Because I know in many places in the world the, there's a great appreciation for very aged Bordeaux. Or mm-hmm. is maybe the climate too different now that if you do uh, low sulfur in the, the, today's climate, it's not possible to age Bordeaux for a long time? It's not a question. No, it's not a question of that. It's, uh, the aging is a question of pH. Mm. It's not a question of sulfites. Uh, you need a little bit of sulfites. I'd say I would say uh, free. Free. Uh, you need at least 15 ppm. 20 is is, is a lot. 15 is is enough. Uh, but if you have a very low pH, it's sufficient. And you can age uh, 20 years, 25 years. The big problem for the aging of the Bordeaux in the last 30 years that they were a pickup over-maturated with very high pH and a pH of 3.7, 8, 3.94. And with this kind of pH, you just can't age wine, even if they are very famous labels. After five, six, seven years, they are dead. Mm-hmm. So, it, so we have to pick up earlier, If you practice biodynamic, it's a big help because you have a lower pH. We have to change our mind about uh, taking off the leaves. We have been taking off... Most of the producers are taking off leaves that makes that the fruits are at the sun during three months. With the climate we have nowadays, we don't need it. And and we really don't need it. We shouldn't do it. Uh, so we have to we have to change some some stuff that seems uh, very modern, but for me they are old fashioned. And if you go in Burgundy, in Jura, in Loire, in, or even in Tuscany, they don't unleave like that. Nowhere, it's just Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. And are you finding though in Bordeaux things are beginning to change? Because at least what I'm seeing in in New York is that it's now possible to buy some small artisan producers of Bordeaux who are. Or good farmers. Uh, have you found that things are, are changing? Definitely, yes. And the movement uh, really starts uh, uh, in secondary appellation, uh, like uh, Fonsac, uh, uh, not well-known part of Medoc. Castillon was a, is a big base also. And uh, I would say also that uh, Alain Moix of Chateau Forroc in Saint-Emilion was, uh, was one of the leaders to to start to do it in classific growth. Obviously, you have Ponte Canet, but uh, Ponte Canet is... Uh, everybody knows Ponte Canet, and they don't need publicity, so I don't, uh, I don't argue about that. Uh, but, for instance, you have a very interesting chateau, uh, third growth in Margaux, Chateau Ferrière, 
they start to to organics three years ago and they get into biodynamics and they have a very interesting point in terms of style mm -hmm. the wine are really stylish uh, with very little wood very good to drink and the medoc is uh, so we have at the same time a generation of uh, winemakers wine growers in small appellation and uh, and now uh, started we start to have a very interesting development in the classified growth for instance i had the visit for the first time this year of the the whole team of chateau palmer they wanted to know what was going on at clopiano then i had the visit of uh, the team of chateau ferrière And I had the demand from um, Chateau Pape Clément to buy 10 different vintage of Piano. I asked why. Mr. Magres wants to, to taste uh, your wine on 10 years to see how it goes from organic to biodynamic. So, okay. Wow. So, What uh, a compliment. It seems that it's not a compliment. It's just they are studying it. We can call about Dufort Vivance in Margot. You have also Pédesclo is on the on the edge i mean it's uh you, you, we can feel that it's moving it's moving they uh if you if you if you look at burgundy for instance i would say that 70 percent of the best burgundy are at least organic and in the top mostly Uh, they are biodynamic mm -hmm. or they are going to be biodynamic. Mm -hmm. And these people know the best, the, the famous proprietors of Bordeaux. And they, Bordeaux, they're not crazy. Huh? You have a lot of very intelligent and smart people and they, they realize that they, they have to try to see what's going on. And Domaine de Chevalier is, is, uh, is, is um, thinking about organic and interesting about biodynamics. They're very friend of uh, Olivier Brecht of Zinim Brecht in Alsace. So I think Bordeaux would, it's, we're going to have big changes in the next 10 years. I, I believe that. I think in all top wine growing regions of the world, um, even if producers aren't promoting and saying we're an organic winery, they're going to be still moving towards that direction because it's the the quality is uh, unmistakable. It's it's so clear. Um, I have a quick uh, quick question. Why uh, I think you might be the only Bordeaux winery, at least one that I know of, that starts with the word clo clo Pierno, not not chateau. What where does that come from? It's come from the fact that uh, when I bought the property in the in, in the in the act in the act that I signed, I had I had uh, this this label Clopiano was mm. was my property, became my property, and was not used. And the second is, uh, in fact, if you one day uh, have the chance to invite you at the property, you will see that I, I've been transforming an old building uh, made of stone in. A, big uh, loft and when you get to piano there's it's it's absolutely not a castle it's a really nice place uh but it's not a chateau so my feeling was what health i don't I, i'm not going to write chateau it's, it's stupid it's not a chateau and clove for me is uh, is more uh Uh, related to the idea of, of expression of a place like it is in Burgundy, because in Burgundy it means really uh, the claw that you create a piece, you take off the stone, and you make walls with the stone you take off to, to, to create the piece. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing it on two plots in Clopiano, so it's not 
completely surrounded by uh, by uh, stone walls, but uh, it's a case, and that's it. It's more funky and relaxed, I would say. And uh, one one last funky question uh, <laughs> uh, about about your music. And does your does the the music in any way inform your winemaking, or does the winemaking affect the, your music in any way? Yes, I think it's more than that. In fact, uh, everything is coming from uh, uh, dit, une longueur d'onde? Uh, a wavelength. A wavelength. Life is coming. Cosmos was created by that. And uh, in fact, uh, the, the, the quality of food, of wine, of music is, is, uh, is that. So uh, definitely music is, uh, is, a, is uh, part of me. So and uh, uh, for me, uh, and I would say that as I'm getting older, I need more and more music also. So I try to, I try to develop my two passions at the same time. It's not always... Easy. A wine has been uh, taking me a, a lot of time for 20 years. Uh, I had to quit music for a while, but now uh, I want to go back a little bit. All right. I think I'm going to finish listening to your CD after this because that made me feel a little bit better about today. Uh, thank you, Terry Vellet. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, and I should say, say, everyone, look out for the Clopiarno wines. You can find them at Amphora and at other great restaurants and retail stores because they are absolutely delicious and uh, really great value as well. Um, thank you very much. I just I can say a word. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to to thank uh, all the people that I met in in five days because uh, in New York there is a fantastic uh, how to say atmosphere around uh, food and wine. And I was very surprised to, to meet uh, so many people knowing a lot about wine and very enthusiastic about, about that. And uh, it's, a, it's a really good feeling. I, I come back to Europe with uh, plenty of uh, energy and, uh, and friends. Yes, something else to feel good about. All right, thank you so much. Uh, I wanted to thank uh, Stephanie Tuin uh, and, and Wines of Bordeaux uh, for organizing this and for sponsoring the show. So thank you so much for that. Our producer, uh, David Tadashore and Aaron Fairbanks at Heritage Radio Network. And to all of you for listening, this has been In the Drink on heritageradionetwork.org. listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.